Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Middle. I'm Holly Azapati. And I'm Jordana Levine. I really emphasized the middle on that intro, didn't I? Yeah, why was that? I'm not sure. I think I'm just really excited to be excited, Jordan. No. How have you been? How's your week been? Yeah, it's been good. It's been a bit manic. I've had a lot of uh, balls being juggled, but in a really good way. I've got a big new thing I'm going to say and be really mysterious about it, launching today, actually, so Monday for the listeners. Um, So that has been taking up all of my time and then balancing Mm. all of my other clients as well. But it's been really great. I feel like there's been this new wave of energy that has come through in the last week and it's been taking a little bit of a recalibration. I think we'll talk about it in the energy reading because we've got the August energy reading this week as well. That's right. Yeah, so I won't go into it too much now, but I've definitely been given a kick up the ass, which is exactly what I needed because July just felt really torturous for me. Yeah, I feel yeah. that. Was that did She Bear predict that for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean She Bear now that I actually watched her last uh maybe two nights ago, because I did the deep dive in July. Right. And I watched it back because at the beginning of the month, you know, when she predicts doom and gloom in the beautiful she bear way, you kind of go, oh, that's not, that's just, nah, just nah. But I listened back to it and I was like, yeah, that absolutely happened, all of it. And it feels, it's like, you know, you go through, and I think this is the work, right? Like you go through the hard times, you go through the challenges And the best thing you can do, which is what I've done this week, is look back on them and think, fuck, that was really hard and that was so challenging. But what have I learned and what am I going to do going forward? Because for so long I was just like, I'm so unlucky and I'm just not getting anything right and this month was really hard and whinge, whinge, whinge. And it's like, well, it was hard for a reason. And if you can't take the gold out of it, the value out of it, then it really was for no point, you know. You're missing the point. Exactly. I yeah. love that you, you're taking away some beautiful nuggets and now you've felt that energy shift as well. Yeah, and it's the ebb and the flow we talk about all the time. So, yeah, it's been a lovely week. It's so nice to have you home. How are you feeling? so happy to be home, Jord. I woke up this morning, so, yeah, Friday morning, and it's like I'm so excited and I guess it's like accumulation of everything because I haven't been home in two months, like properly home. After I finished Repassion and then came back, I had four days and then we went away. So in two months, and we moved into this new home two months ago, I've been here four days and just waking up and being like, I don't have any travel coming up. And I know I sound excited about that and that sounds wild, but I truly am so excited about it. I feel the same as you where I just, I want to get to work. I have a lot of new ideas percolating and I want to dive into the stuff we're doing with the middle. And I honestly, I woke up even being jet lagged this morning going, 
I just want to do all the work today. I'm so excited. Get my new laptop out that I bought myself as a new financial year present and let's get down to business. It feels really good to be back. Good. Yay. It's so good to have you back and you look so well and a well-rested holiday I think is on the cards for everybody because if you come away looking like you, (laughs) that is a prescription I want. You know what I loved though, whole Like I really loved that post that you put up on Instagram right before you came home. I think it was the day you were leaving and you just looked looked so well rested and happy and glowing and you had that beautiful Spanish tan but I really loved the caption and like talking about how since you've been away you know you've really dropped all of your regimented morning routines um, and how you felt really liberated through it can you talk us talk to the listeners a little bit about it in case they missed the post I love that it connected with you and so many people, Jord. I know that people can't see likes anymore, but just so you know, it got over 700 likes. So, well. <laughs> you did not just say that. I'm actually so disappointed in you right now. I was disappointed in myself <laughs> as that fell out of my mouth. It's like there's this joke doing the rounds of how influencers are going to start putting in their comments how many likes they got, just so you guys know I got. And I literally just did it. I'm so sorry, everybody. Sorry, right, we'll <laughs> forgive you. <laughs> anyway, it got a lot of resonance. Um, but truly, when I went away on my holiday, I packed my journal and I packed a deck of my favorite cards. So I had all intents and purposes of keeping up my daily practices, practices that I've been committed to for years now. And that is my journaling, my pulling of a card every day, pulling cards for other people. Should they need them? I always have my cards with me. Meditating. Keep in mind, I just come out of Vipassana and they drill into you at the end keep up the momentum an hour in the morning and an hour at night. I also have my Vedic practice that I could have done if I didn't want to do the hour, which is 20 minutes in the morning and 20 at night. I have a daily gratitude practice with one of my best friends. Like it was just, it was just assumed on my part that these things would continue. But I found myself feeling like I should be doing them as opposed to genuinely wanting to do them. And I always teach in my work and myself that we should follow, we should, I mean, hang on, how do I phrase this? (laughs) Follow the wants, not the shoulds, because the shoulds are when you're prescribing certain rules and dictation around how to exist. And I'm just not about the rule life, right? And I noticed that, yeah, my practices have become a bit of a should. And anytime I reach for my journal, I didn't want to write. I wanted to sit, even to the point where Every morning I usually dance to one of my playlists. I I was actually preferring being in silence more than having music. Like music felt like a bit of noise to me. Mm. And so I was just relaxing into that rather than casting any judgment on myself. I was like, okay, let's just wait for the moment that I will get where I feel the pull to pull a card or write in my journal or put music on. And there were some moments where I wanted to play my music, maybe a handful over the three and a half weeks I was away, but not once, George, did I write in my journal. Not once did I pull a single fucking card. And to some listeners, maybe that doesn't sound like a big deal, but truly these practices for me until I went away were as important as breathing. And yes, that's Leo drama right there, but truly they were so important. Just having taken the pressure off these practices while being away, I do feel less pressure in my life, you know, like more connected with me as a person, like as an everyday human, as opposed to Holly, who's invested deeply in personal development and spirituality. Does that make sense? 
Well, it does make sense. But I think that not just you, but many people, myself included, sometimes fall into the trap of the personal development work needing to be observed by other in order for it to feel validated. Oh, yeah. Did I just go too deep too fast? No, 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 go there. But you know what I mean, right? It's like, yeah, I meditate every morning. Yeah, I journal every day. Yeah, I can pull you a card. Do you need me to pull you a card? Here, I'll pull you a card. It's like, hang on. Yes. Hang on a second. Can you do all of that in the privacy of your own home because it fills you up? And if it's not filling you up, if it feels forced, then who are you doing it for? Oh, my gosh, I love that. And do you know what else it is, George? While doing it for other, yes, it's also doing it for self to feel some level of validation or worth. And that's what I was sitting with too. Like, who am I when I'm not in the work? And it's not not in the work forever. Clearly, both you and I, we're both obsessed with the work. We love this stuff. But when it kind of wanes and feels more chore-like, we don't actually have to push through it. And you're still just as worthy and just as deserving of living your best life if you're not doing these practices, if you're taking some time for integration or for a breather. And I just feel like that isn't necessarily celebrated as much as it should be. No, I agree. And I think that's what this show is all about. And it's definitely what our message is about. It's redefining what it means to be spiritual. And I'm doing air quotes. It's like, for me, I don't even like the word. For me, all of these practices are about connection to self, self self-awareness, reconnecting with myself when I've become disconnected, bringing myself back into alignment, making sure that I'm showing up for myself and for everyone else as my most authentic self, as my true self, as my higher self. So I know for so long with me, uh, like I'm a very spiritual person, but ever since I started doing this work, I always put caveats on everything because I'm so worried that people are going to assume I am woo-woo, spiritual, a hippie, like all these words, which are not bad words, but because I come from a really practical background, I studied journalism, I'm very logical and pragmatic. I've got Virgo in me. (laughs) I just like, it's always been this thing where I, I always have to say to people, oh yeah, you know, like I talk about the moon, but I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not like that. Like I'm this person. I'm not that person. And I, I just have to stop and catch myself now because You and I, Holly, and this show, and there's other people out there doing this work, but we're redefining what it means so that we don't have to throw caveats at people when we say we talk about the moon or we teach manifestation or we pull oracle cards or I'm an intuitive or whatever it is. I want to be able to say, I do that. And that person not to put me in a in a box. In a box. A pigeonhole me. It's like we talked about it a while ago with... On The Voice. Yes, Erin. McConnell, yes. I think her name yes. was. On The Voice, where, you know, they had to make her out to be this crystal, you know, spiritual hippie and they did it on The Bachelor. There's a new yes. season of The Bachelor starting this week. Can't wait. But I bet there's going to be some hippie in there. Well, they've already done it on the bloody commercial talking about the chick who calls herself a Gemini. He says, oh, I'm an astrophysicist. And she says, oh... I'm a Gemini, (laughs) which is very funny. It's very funny. But it's like, oh, we're already, she's already being pigeonholed as the woo-woo astrology chick, you know? 
So it's just a really, really interesting conversation to be having. Yeah. I have a client of mine who I love her to bits. We've been working together for a few years and she like froths on working with me. She did the manifestation and magic first program. We do some one-on-one stuff now. And she goes, Hol, I love what you're about. But for so long, I felt like to do the work and to be in the work, I had to have a wardrobe from Tree of Life. I had to light incense all the time and I had to collect crystals. And she's like, it's so nice to know that I don't have to do those things if I don't want to. And that's the point, right, George? It's just because we live a certain way and teach certain practices doesn't mean you have to identify with every single one of them and do all of them yourselves. It's like a pick and mix. Have a go at everything, but take what resonates and leave the rest because there are so many, I mean, we're so unique. There are so many practices that aren't going to land just as much as the ones that will. And in fact, I love the clients of mine that go through my program and question, oh, I don't really like that journaling prompt, Holly, or I'm not really about morning routines. It's like, fucking great because what you said, George, resonates so true to me. It's about authenticity and authenticity and alignment. I love that they both start with A, but they <laughs> both go hand in hand. So I guess it is a question of who are you showing up as that maybe isn't your most authentic self and us being here giving you permission to really step into that authenticity. And if that means, you know, going out for a weekend and twerking to R&B with your best mates, it does not make you any less woke. If that means dropping F-bombs every fucking sentence because that's how you speak, you can still be love, light and peace, right? Yeah. I think this conversation is a really good time to bring up Uh, the concept of, well, there are two concepts really, spiritual bypassing and and using the spiritual tools as spiritual crutches. And I think it's come up a lot for me in July. I found myself feeling very human all of a sudden, (laughs) having very human emotions and human experiences. And my first instinct is always to go and see a psychic or go and see an energy healer or maybe I'll pull some tarot or maybe I just need to meditate deeper or maybe I need to listen to some binaural beats and clear my chakras and, you know, and it's like, well, hang on a minute, maybe I just put all of that to the side and just feel as human as possible right (laughs) now and that is the work, that is the shadow, that is the spiritual journey. And spiritual bypassing, I write about it in Make It Happen because it drives me fucking insane. And Mm -hmm. people are doing it all the time and I want you guys to be really aware of it because we all do it. Yeah. But watching other people in this world giving you a message, which is actually them spiritual bypassing, and by that I mean when people say, oh, I'm really just like connecting with self and I'm moving through stuff so that I can come out on the other side and this is a period of introspection for me and I just need to keep journaling and all this stuff. But they give you this message every month, which means they're not actually doing the work. Doing the work. Because they're always in that state, right? If you Mm -hmm. do the work, there's times where you're going to come out of that state and you're going to celebrate. So when you're following people on social media who are always self-reflecting, who are always going in, who never get to that point where they're coming out to express and be their most authentic self, I want you to watch that 
because the crutches they're using are the oracle cards, the journals, the meditation, whatever it is, but not actually embodying the work. It's like when we read a personal development book and we go, yeah, I know the power of now, but you're still living in the future. Like you know the concept of it, but you're not living it. Yeah. Do you, are you with me whole? Do you know what I'm I'm so with you. I I want to interject there and be like, I've tried to read The Power of Now three times and I can't (laughs) fucking read it. So I just shout out the humanness in me cannot wrap my head around it. I fucking get what you're saying, Eckhart Tolle, but I just cannot relate. Um, (laughs) What I wanted to say is that that's exactly where I've been too, Jaw, this this humanness. And that's all I wanted to do after the intensity of Vipassana and the intensity of everything that happened in Byron, which you were there to experience alongside me. All I wanted was to be a fucking normal person with my normal friends doing a normal trip. And I mean, I'm using normal in inverted commas as well because that has its own personal interpretation. I just wanted to give everything a breather and just be an average gal on holidays. And I got wasted in Ibiza and I, you know, was like doing rap performances to my best mates and I didn't really have any deep soulful conversations and I didn't miss it. I actually needed the breather and we all need that at some point. And I even got on Vox to you at one point, George. I'm like, George, I've had a revelation. I'm giving away most of my Oracle cards. And that's huge. I have about 10 to 11 decks. I I identify or have identified as being the intuitive and the Oracle reader. I still love my cards. I'm still keeping, I actually came home yesterday, George. I went to them all lined up and I was like, no, I want to keep that one. And I still want to keep that one. So there are about three or four that I'm holding on to. I'm not surprised <laughs> by that. I, I know. kind of saw that coming. <laughs> okay. I'm definitely holding on to some and I still want to be able to like genuinely want, it's not a should when it comes to the energy reads that we do or reading in my manifestation and magic groups. I still want to do that. Mm. But there are decks where I'm like, no, this is going to serve someone else more than me. And I think reading Eat, Pray, Love, which you kindly lent me. And yes, again, I'm about 10 to 15 years behind the times, (laughs) but reading it while I was away, I had so many just... I related so much to the text and so many drop-ins where we are constantly seeking for answers outside of ourselves and we forget that everything we're seeking, it sounds so fucking esoteric, but everything we're seeking is within us. Mm. It truly is. It doesn't matter how deep you meditate. It doesn't matter how much you journal. In fact, when I took that stuff away, that's when it dropped in for me. And recognizing that even as an intuitive, when I was giving one-on-one readings, people would come to me, George, with all of these questions and I would read for them. And they would always leave saying, thank you. That's everything that I was wondering about, but you've just confirmed it for me. So we've got it in us all the time. And it's about recognizing where we're seeking validation through a practice that maybe isn't necessarily needed at a certain point in our life. And I guess the other caveat here is, what we're, we're saying right now, it doesn't mean that we're not practicing these things ever again. It's just that right now, at least for me, I'm in a period of integration. I did a lot of work this year. I had a yoni de-armoring. I've tried breath work. I did satin cacao ceremony. I did Vipassana. I did a lot of like ancestral and past life healing and wound work along with, you know, up-leveling my business and doing all this, this stuff. Yes. But it's so important that rather than keep going, 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 because this work does have that addictive quality to it, recognizing when it becomes just habitual and 
just kind of without question and sitting in silence for a bit and honouring that period of introspection. And I think that that's something that gets forgotten a lot, George. Do you find that you're attracting your clients or maybe in yourself that addictive personality of what's next, what's next, what's next, rather than sitting in the spaciousness of there's nothing for now or what's now? Oh, Holly, I mean, it's my it's my greatest weakness, I think, is that I'm always on to the next project. The minute I finished Make It Happen, I was doing the next book and I didn't even celebrate the fact that I just published a book. And it's something that I'm really working on because I do it all the time. I do it with relationships as well. I'm like, oh, I want to meet a lovely person. You know, I want to have this amazing relationship. And then I'm in it and I'm like, what's next? Totally. <laughs> not, not who's next, but like, what's the next thing we're going to do in this relationship? Milestones. Where it's like, no, no, just enjoy this bit of it. Yeah. Um, because who knows how long it's going to be around, you know, everything's impermanent. So yeah, it's something I'm definitely working on. And this is why I need to, the lesson for me, and I, I'm sure it's going to resonate with people, is this coming back to the simplest, most human thing that you can do to work through any kind of issue that's coming up for you? Because my first instinct is always to pull a card and it served me for a very long time. But I have to say to myself now, what, why are you pulling the card? What what are you looking for that you can't answer yourself? Oh, that's huge. Yeah. I want that repeated almost to let it land for people. When you're going, like question your intention behind the practice. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was saying, I actually did a podcast this week and I was listening back to it. It was an interview I did with another podcast and I had said to them in the podcast, think about your intuition like your best friend. If you don't like someone, you're not going to ask them for advice. Like if you don't value someone, if you don't think they're worthy, you're not going to ask them for the right thing to do. Totally. This is why working on self-worth and self-love in your most human state is the most valuable thing you can do for yourself because when you ask yourself for the answer, when you go inside for guidance, you're going to trust it because you don't trust anybody more than you trust yourself because you love yourself so much. Mm-hmm. And that's why when we do the work, it's all about self-acceptance and self-awareness. And every time we go to a deck of cards or we go to a psychic or we go to an energy healer and I do all of those things, Same-sies. I have to question what the intention is. Am I running from my own answers Am I running from my own advice, which I do all the time? Oh, I know what the right thing to do is, but I'm just going to go and ask Zoe Bosco what she thinks. I'm going to double check this. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, It's true. It's where is that lack of trust in self? This was huge in Vipassana too, a huge insight. And all of the Vipassana things are landing just now. And it was this, when you're sitting with only your thoughts for 10 days and you are creating problem after problem after problem, you have no one, no card, no journal, no person to speak it out with. Mm. All you have is yourself. And I walked away from that having more clarity around my vision, my purpose, my mission, my business, relationships in my life, like every area of my life than I've ever had before. And a couple of us girls, shout out if you're listening, gals, we were talking at the end of Vipassana and, and we all agreed of how often we are seeking that confirmation and clarity on what we're already thinking from people outside of ourselves. And then we build resentment 
and we question our own judgment and then we feel disattached to our intuition, but it's because we're not listening. We're not, we're not listening. And yes, these practices absolutely will get you in touch with how to listen more so to your intuition. And it's about when the practices are serving you, which for a lot of the time, yes, they will. And when the practices are not, and that's just as likely. Yeah, I agree. Here's something that I'm going to try and do this week. And I don't know if it's such an issue for you, but it it really is for me. So tell me what you think. Mm. I'm going to stop when people ask me what I do. I'm going to stand up and own it in the truth of what it is and not put what I believe will be their projection or their perception of me onto myself. So, for example, when people say to me, oh, what do you do? I say, oh, I'm a writer and they say oh what have you written I say I just wrote a book what's it about oh well it's about manifestation but it's a really practical relatable you know and I go into this whole like about it same with the moon oh what stuff do you do online oh well I talk about the moon but I kind of you know like I do it from a really practical perspective so everybody can understand it and then I go into this whole spiel I'm going to stop doing that yes I wrote a book about manifestation it's great you should read it oh I teach people about the moon I've got this great podcast you know and it's just stopping at that because we start to project onto ourselves what we assume other people's perception of us is and in doing so we give them a perceived idea of us Yes. Yeah. What I've been doing, Jord, is kind of similar but kind of on the other end is I was really identifying with the titles I had given myself, so the title of intuitive. Like who is Holly when she's not intuitive, yeah. right? Because I felt like But that, you are that, intuitive, Holly. You're just not R and well you still are R I still <laughs> am, but it's not the only thing I am, right? Yeah. And like yeah. I was I was convincing myself that that's why people wanted to work with me. That was my point of difference. Like that's why I got my clients, or that's why people wanted to be my friends because I could predict their future, but I'm more than that. And I even went so far, Jord, as deleting my Insta bio and redoing it because I was like, I'm, I'm labeling myself and I don't want to do that anymore. So I've described myself something like spreading love and positivity through body, soul and life or Beautiful. something like that. Yeah. And that, like, if people ask what I do, I'll just say that. And if they say, oh, okay, tell me more, then I will tell them fucking more. And it actually has nothing to do with the fact that I can pull a card and tell their future, you know, because it's it's more than that. Yeah. I also think that we live in a very different world now where you can't just give, it's almost impossible to just give one title for what you do. Totally. You know, especially the circles we move in. Like I always say, oh, I wear so many different hats and I'm this and I'm that and this and that. And at first I was like, oh, God, it's such a spiel. I wish I just had one line. But I don't. I don't have one line. I do do a million different things. And that's okay too. Yeah, totally. And I, I, do you know what? I'm questioning whether it's because we've both got Gemini in us, especially you, Miss Double Gemini, that we wear all of the hats. But I also do agree that we are in a day and age where you don't – well, number one – more than ever before are we rebelling as being defined by what we do because we all know we're so much more than that. But number two, the online world has opened so much opportunity for us to wear all of these hats all the time. So rather than running from that and trying to like put ourselves in a box of one or two labels, embracing the fact that, you know, we didn't have these opportunities at our disposal 10, 15, 20, 100 years ago to do all of the things. So let's start to celebrate that as well. Beautiful. 
I love it. What a great conversation. These are the conversations I want to have. Like this is why we have the middle, right, to have these conversations. Yeah. Are you happy to to wrap that up and leave it there? I feel like that's it. But obviously, guys, you can continue in the Facey group. We'd love to hear what you think. Yeah. So, Miss George, what are your records for me today? Well, for us, but for me first. Well, <laughs> they're actually for the listeners, Holly, but um, <laughs> you, you're more than welcome to use them. Thank you. My first record, I actually feel like I'm getting to the point where I'm running out of records. Totally. Do you I know, get like that? I need to buy more things or read more books or do more stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I was in yoga uh, this morning and um, instead of like, finding my Zen place in Downward Dog, I was trying to come up with records <laughs> and I was looking at my legs because I was in Downward Facing Dog. And I actually have some great yoga leggings that I bought in every colour. And, like, everyone wants good yoga leggings, right? Yeah, mine have holes in them. I'm ready yeah. for new ones. Okay, so I was always a Lululemon gal and I do love Lululemon, but lately I've been shopping at Lorna Jane because we have a Lorna Jane in Byron. Mm-hmm. and I'm teaching up here so it's always nice to have good yoga clothes when you're teaching because you're in everybody's face all the time yeah and so there's these great tights at Lorna Jane they're called Amy A-M-Y mm-hmm. Amy tights they do them in three quarter seven eighths and full lengths I've got the full lengths and the material and the shape of the leggings because you know like where the seams go so important. They're very, very flattering. Mm. They come in like an army green, which is my favorite, black, pale pink, and Ooh. like a rust kind of color. Mm-hmm. I've got the black and the army green, but they're really beautiful. The fabric is really good. It hides dimples. So if you've got a few dimples on your thighs, they're not coming through in the leggings, which I think is really important. They breathe really well. Nice. And they're just, they're actually a really flattering shape. I really enjoy wearing them and I don't find all leggings flattering. Do they have a high waist? Where do they sit? They're not like super high, but they do sit, they'd sit up to my belly button. Oh, perfect. Good. Yeah. I, and I, I love that. Yeah. yeah, me too. I like tuck my top in and I am, if you want to order them online, I'm a size 10 in bottoms and I wear a size small in Lorna Jane. Beautiful. I'm going to grab some. I'm definitely, I got my Lulu's on right now and they've got holes in them. So it's time to upgrade. And I find like, I mean, I don't want to get super controversial on here because I love Lulu, but I find that Lulu pills a lot faster than Lorna Jane does. Right. Yeah. I haven't done a comparison, but mine definitely is like all on the seams. If you, yeah. you can't really see, but they, yeah, they like are the doing that. Like the inner thigh seams? Yes. Yeah. Yes, inner thigh seam. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good record. Cool. So Lorna Jane, Amy, I think they're called the new Amy, full length. The new they're Amy. great, guys. And my second record is my Keep Cup. It's a beautiful ceramic keep cup from a Byron Bay company called Pottery for the Planet, but I actually bought it when I was in Sydney. So you can buy them online and a few boutique stores have them. They're so beautiful. You guys can't see it, obviously. That is beautiful. There's lots of different colors and patterns and they are ceramic. So they're not like those glass and plastic cups. Yeah. My hot tip is to buy the heat band when you buy one uh-huh. because the ceramic gets very hot. Um, mm. And when I used to drink long blacks, I couldn't actually hold the cup 
because Fuck. it's so hot. <laughs> yeah. So make sure Defeats you order. Yeah, make sure you order a heat band. I think they're about ten dollars. But yeah, they're really beautiful, and that is a simple, easy reco. And yeah. Do you know what? I'm so excited to get a keep cup when I move to Byron because I'll be having all the cacaos and chives. I just don't have them in Sydney, so I don't need a keep cup. Yeah, that's so interesting, isn't it? It's funny. I use my keep cup a lot less in Byron because I take You're not the drinking time- coffee. Well, no, no, because I drink chai every day, but I take the time to sit in the cafe and drink it. Of course. I'm not like on the run and like having to like get takeaways all the time. Totally. That makes sense. So Holly, what are your recos this week? I feel really proud of my records this week after having a few flops of weeks. So first reco is the new product of a brand that I know we both love, Jord. So the brand is Hanako Therapies and they do all sorts of handcrafted crystal infused aromatherapy and tinctures and tonics and, well, not really tonics, but tinctures. And Rach, who is the founder of Hanako, is just beautiful. Now they have just launched their manifest mist and it's beautiful. So crystal fused aromatherapy means that you can use these crystal basin infused and essential oil mists on your auric field, but you can also wear them as perfume. So as a natural alternative. And I just love everything that this brand is about, their ethos. It's very much about connection with spirit and the earth and everything is really, what's the word? It's just really seeped in. It's funny, our conversation at the beginning, but these products are really considered and seeped in ritual. In fact, when they make each of their um, mists, they're infused with not just crystals, but an affirmation. So their manifestation mist is the newest mist to their collection. And the three words that it's based on is trust, connect, and receive. And the description of the product is an energetic tonic for the body, mind, and spirit. Manifest is a blend that helps calm the heart, clear the mind, and ground your being while being open and receptive to blessings all around. Encourages feelings of happiness, comfort, and gentleness. And, oh, talk girl. I love Hanako. Can you tell me what essential oils are in that blend? I can. So the essential oils in this blend are clary sage, ylang ylang. Lemon, neroli, sweet orange, vetiver, clove bud, and mandarin. Wow. Is it super sweet smelling? It's actually not because the neroli really cuts through the sweetness of the Mm. citrus. It is very citrus, but there are those woody undertones, which I'm assuming is the vetiver. I spritzed it on myself this morning and they have a practice as to the way you spritz. So above your crown, on your heart, the soles of your feet, and then apply wherever you want to smell beautiful. And Trent was like, oh my God, what is that? It smells divine. So it's got Trent's tick of approval, but also <laughs> also the affirmation that's connected with the mist, I, I really think is important to share. And it's, so you repeat this when you're spritzing, divine energy cascades through me and supports me on every step of my path. I graciously manifest blessings into my life. So highly recommend not just the manifest mist, but I've used a few of them and they're always so beautiful. And when they package up and you receive your mist in the post, they also pull a little card for you. They're Hanako made cards. So the card that I have this time around, and I always put them on my fridge so I see them every day, is ebb and flow, which is very, very fitting. It's about do I rest? Do I use my energy? So highly recommend the Hanako mists, my love. Beautiful. That's my first Yay. Second record is a book. 
So I ran amok in the airport because we had five flights to get home and 40 hours of travel. And I had finished my two books I'd taken over with me and in a real fiction phase. And this book caught my eye. I'd never heard of it before, never heard of the author, never heard of the title, but it caught my eye. It's called How Do You Like Me Now? And it's by an author from the UK. Her name is Holly Byrne. And to be honest, the reason that it caught my eye first was that her name was Holly and it was like plastered on the top of the book. It's spelled (laughs) differently to your name, Holly. It is. But I'm going to read you the back because this is what sold it to me and then I'll tell you a little bit about it. Jord, I'm bringing it up or whenever I see you next, you're going to love it. Yeah, I'll see you on your birthday. It's got, yeah, a couple of weeks. It's got your girl Dolly Alderton on the front. (gasps) It's the most perceptive book she's ever read. Oh, my God. I agree. So I'm going to read the back for you. Turning 30 is like playing musical chairs. The music stops and everyone just marries whoever they happen to be sitting on. (laughs) (laughs) And then it goes on. Everyone wants to be Tori Bailey, a straight-talking, best-selling author. She's inspired millions of women around the world with her self-help memoir and uplifting posts online. Ringing any bells, George? Yes. What's more, her perfect relationship with her long-term boyfriend is the envy of all of their friends. But Tori isn't being honest. (gasps) While everyone around her is getting engaged and having babies, Tori's boyfriend will barely look at her, let alone talk about marriage. And when her best friend Dee unexpectedly falls in love, Tori's in danger of being left behind. Tori's built a career out of living her best life, but is she brave enough to admit that it's not what she wants? It is literally, Jord, Tori is a fucking combination of you and me in one person and it's so confronting at times. That's so confronting. Like what Dolly said, the most perceptive book she's ever read, it fucking is. It goes so far in the book that there are like Instagram status updates and you can see Facebook posts and how many likes they get and it's really relevant to the work we do in the world, Jord, especially because she's a best-selling like author based on self-help and personal development and there's so many home truths in this but take take what she does for work to the side anyone who's you know late 20s early 30s and in that place where everyone around you is getting engaged or having babies or whatever that is and feeling the disparity when you're in that space of seeing your friends through a different lens because they've become mothers or they're married now and feeling like left behind in whatever way it's just a beautiful, beautiful interpretation. It's fucking hilarious, but it also covers a lot of deep topics like comparisonitis, mental health, and even narcissism in relationships. So honestly, I read this book in a few hours. It's fucking great. I cannot recommend it enough. It's called How Do You Like Me Now? Oh my God. I cannot wait to read that. Like yeah. I'm so excited. I'm you will gonna have it. to stop myself going to buy it today. Yeah, honestly, even her best friend in it is Ruby. Like, and oh it's, insane. it's actually insane. I was like, this oh. is this is me and Jules combined. Oh my god, that's so funny. Except that you're not in an unhappy relationship with your long-term partner. Let's make that very no, good. no, no. I'm actually incredibly happy. Yeah, let's let's make that. <laughs> there are other things in that like being a mother that maybe that's for another episode I've had all these questions around do I even want kids but let's not go there now because that's really deep what are you teaching us today Jord well Well, I actually know (laughs) yeah but Holly just play the game ask me again so Jord (laughs) what are you teaching us today (laughs) well I'm teaching you about a topic I know lots about because I thought, why not? Why teach something I know nothing about? Let's teach like something whiskey. I'm an expert on. <laughs> like whiskey. 
Uh, I'm going to give you the really quick Cliff's notes of manifestation. Oh, yes, yes, Okay. Um, There is, for everyone who has not worked with me before, attended an event or read my book, there is an equation that I weave through all of those things called the manifestation equation. And it's what I use to teach manifestation. And I'm just going to run you guys through it really quickly today, just so you can get an understanding of it. And if you want to know more about it, the whole book Make It Happen is all based around it. And a lot of the work that I do online is around this as well. So the manifestation equation goes like this. Thoughts plus feelings plus actions plus faith equals successful manifestation. Fuck yeah. And the reason that this equation differs from a lot of the past teaching around manifestation is that it doesn't just focus on thinking the good thoughts or feeling the good feels. It really makes sure that you understand that the things that are happening in your life are happening because of you. And if you want to create things in your future, then you need to stand up and take responsibility for the ownership of your life. Yeah. So this is where the action part of the equation comes in. The faith part of the equation is all about having a very deep level of faith in yourself first and foremost, trusting Mm. yourself. It's like we were talking about earlier, trusting yourself wholeheartedly that you know the answers and you can get yourself where you need to go. Mm. Once you have that level of faith in yourself, then you're able to put your faith in something greater than you. So the Mm. universe or God or whoever it is. But the way that the equation came together was that it was based on four of the universal laws. So what I thought we could do, they all kind of sum up manifestation. I'm just going to get my book out for reference. (laughs) I love it Just so I don't get them wrong. (laughs) I'll break each part down for you. And then, Holly, I know that you know this shit back to front and we'll get into what you've got coming up as well. But if you have any questions you think the listeners might have as I'm going, please feel free to throw them at me. I'm going to put my journalist hat on. Don't you worry. Okay, good. So... We start with thoughts and the thoughts part of the equation are based on the universal law, the law of attraction. And everybody knows the law of attraction. It was attached to the secret. It's what most manifestation texts are based on. And it basically teaches that like attracts like. So positive thoughts create a positive outcome. Negative thoughts create a negative outcome. Totally. And while that is absolutely true, it's very important to know that not all our thoughts are important because according to a study done at Michigan State University, 85% of the 50,000 to 80,000 thoughts we have a day are actually untrue thoughts, especially the thoughts that we have about ourselves, okay? I'm too fat. I'm not worthy enough. I'll never get that job. He doesn't love me, whatever it is. They're not true. They're just thoughts that we have. Then there's another statistic that comes out of this that says about 90% of our thoughts are just repeats of the thoughts we had (laughs) yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. Can vouch for that. Yeah. So there's no new data coming in. So there's like, when you look at it, there's like 3% of our thoughts that are useful. So what we want to do is we want to be able to align our thoughts with what we want to create in our life, but Mm -hmm. not get too hung up on having thoughts 
that are not aligned, as long as we can go, oh, you know what? I'm actually not going to indulge that thought. I'm just going to have that thought and I'm going to let it go. Because I get asked that a lot too, Jordan, in, in the work that we do is that, oh God, but I keep thinking that something bad's going to happen or this is going to happen. So it means I'm going to manifest it. But what you're saying is that's not truth. That's actually not the case. No. So you can have the thought and then you have the choice to go, is that thought true? It's not. Let it go. Love it. But when you put energy behind it, which we'll get to in a minute, when you put mm. energy behind that thought, you believe that thought, you take action based on, that, on thought, that thought and you feel the feelings that come from that thought, then you're going to manifest it. Totally. So this is just one part of the equation. Duh. One part right. of the equation. So cool. then we move on to the feelings part of the manif- uh, manifestation equation. The feelings part of the equation is based on the law of vibration. Mm-hmm. My favourite of all the universal laws. Is that because it makes you feel really good? Vibration. Yeah. <laughs> good vibrations. No, the, the law of vibration states that everything in the universe vibrates on its own frequency and yeah. that things with a similar frequency are drawn together. So Same. when we put feelings, which are essentially our vibrations, behind certain thoughts, mm. we start to vibrate on that frequency. So cool. And then the thing that we're trying to get closer to if we can vibrate on that frequency, then according to the law of vibration, we're drawn together. Totally. Now, what I try and teach people is focus less on the thing that you want to vibrate towards and focus more on yourself and the things that are matching your frequency will be drawn to you. So much yes. easier just to concentrate on your own vibration than trying yeah. to work out what the vibration is of your dream man and vibrate towards him. And doesn't that mean, and isn't that why, like, there are those people that just attract all sorts of amazing things. They're not necessarily consciously aiming to attract the job and the man and the amazing opportunity vibration enough to call in that stuff, whether they're consciously aware they're doing it or not. Yeah, because they are focusing on being their best selves, their most authentic selves, working out what keeps them in alignment, doing the things that strengthen their vibration, and resisting the things that weaken their vibration. Love it. Yeah? Mm. What do you think in that teaching? Because I know that there's a lot of this talk on Abraham Hicks and getting in the vortex, and I remember in your book you you referenced this, and I think it's, like, just interesting to go there. What are your thoughts with their teaching where it's, like, specifically get in the vortex and no matter, like, if you're in the vortex, then you're sweet, you're going to attract all of the things all the time? What a fuckload of pressure to constantly <laughs> be in the vortex. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Totally. So this is this is where look, I learned about manifestation from Abraham Hicks. Like that Same. is how I learned. Yeah. But then I had to apply it and uh it wasn't working out for me. So that's where I thought, well, hang on, there's more to it. Now yes. that brings us to our next piece of the equation, which is the action piece, and it's based on the universal law, the law of action. And the law of action states You must do the things and perform the actions necessary to achieve what you are setting out to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is so straightforward. My dad can do that. Like, that (laughs) is just like, do the things, take the actions to get where you want to go. Yeah, (laughs) right? Now, the Abraham Hicks mentality around that is that you shouldn't take action to what you want. You just have to surrender, have non-attachment, get in the right vibrational frequency and think the good thoughts and that's enough. Well, I'm sorry, but if I want to create something in my life, I want to be able to sit back, look at it and go, you know what? I made that I happen. did it. I, I did, did that. 
Yeah. And it's the humanness, right? The fact that we are able to do the work. We can do it. I, I talk about this too, George. I know it's your reco. No, <laughs> but I'm so passionate it. about this step too. Like I feel like this is my favorite part of the equation because I think a lot of people with manifestation, they assume if I visualize and do the vision board and get an alignment, then I sit on my hands and you're asking the universe for a handout like Santa Claus at Christmas time being like, I've been a really good girl this year and been in vibrational alignment. Where are my things? Give me my things. And it's like, well, hang on a second. Actually, in Eat, Pray, Love, she uses the story of there was a guy who kept going to a, a like a Greek god or a, it must have been a Roman god, and he was saying, please, all I want to do is win the lottery. All I want to do is win, win the lottery. And he kept praying to this god, and the god or this statue came to life one day and looked at him and said, you want to win the lottery? Buy a fucking ticket. Yeah. And I, I, he didn't say fucking. But, yeah. right, it's like take action. Absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> I have to go there. <laughs> no, no, you're right. And it's it's one of the – what I've found through client coaching and also it's come up a lot since I wrote the book is that I always thought that the action step was the easiest step because I'm such an active person in terms of like if I want something, I'd go out there and get it. You know, I've always been like that. But people actually find the action step the hardest. The hardest. And you know what it is, Holly? It's, it's that they don't know what to do. They're paralyzed by choice. Yes, yes. So I always say, if you don't know what to do, just do something. Just move. Yes. Even Momentum. if it's like tiny, tiny, tiny baby steps, just yes. do something. Send an email, follow that person, have a conversation, yeah. make it fucking happen. <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> but to balance out action, because there's only so much we can do And then we do need to release attachment because if we're gripping so tightly and we're forcing, then what is naturally meant to happen for us starts to get a little skew with. So that's where the faith piece comes in, right? Mm -hmm. And the faith part of the equation is based on the law of rhythms. And the law of rhythm states all energy in the universe is like a pendulum. It ebbs and flows, waxes and wanes, <laughs> rises and falls, grows and decays, okay? So that's why I fi- focus so much on the lunar cycle because it really teaches us about the ebbs and the flows, the waxes and the wanes. And that's what having faith is. Yeah. When you have done all you can do, when you have taken action, release attachment and know that the manifestation is going to go through moments of restriction and moments of expansion moments of ebbing moments of flowing moments of growth and there'll probably be a few deaths in there as well and without the deaths that there aren't rebirths and I always try and explain this to people by using the breath as an example and I know you Mm. resonate with this example Holly I do I love it It really just connects people to cycles and knowing that when you have a month, and we spoke about this, I think we spoke about this last time, right? Like when you have a month like I've had in July, knowing that you are bound to expand after that because you've been so restricted because that's how cycles work. Yeah, it's not forever. Nothing is. No. So did I explain the breath last time we spoke about this? We spoke about the breath in an episode, but I think it might be worth refreshing. I love hearing it again. Okay, so this is the way that it works. I split the breath into four parts. We've got the inhale, we pause at the top, we've got the exhale, and then there's a pause at the bottom. Now, everything in the universe is energy, right? So money is energy, love is energy, everything is energy. So let's use the example of money. 
mm-hmm. and the ebbs and the flows of energy and how we can relate it back to our breath and having faith in a cycle. Amazing. Okay. So we take a deep inhale. This is reflective of how we receive money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we either earn the money or we're given the money in some respect. We receive it. People find that very easy. Like, give me all the money. I will take it from you. (laughs) I am happy to take it. Then we have a pause at the top of the breath. This is how we hold on to our money. Now, some people hold on to money really well and they're like, oh, I have money. This is so great. Some people hold on to it so tightly and just want to save every single penny and are terrified to let that money go. Other people like me, get a little bit weird when they've got money. So they just want to exhale and get rid of it. Feels totally. Yeah. So then we come to the exhale, which is how we spend money or -hmm. how we give money, how we donate money. Now I spend money very easily, happy to exhale, but then we get to the pause at the bottom. Totally. And the pause at the bottom is indicative of how we sit in that moment between having spent the money before the next inhale comes in when we receive the money again. Mm. So a really good way to explain that pocket at the bottom is like if you're on a salary job, you know, those three days before payday where you've like spent everything and there is no money coming in for three days. Yeah. How do you sit in that nothingness, that pause at the bottom? It's uncomfortable AF. I'm sitting there right now, Joan. It's uncomfortable AF, but according to the law of rhythm, everything is like a pendulum. Yes. It ebbs and flows. It waxes and wanes. It rises and falls. It grows and decays. So when you're sitting in the pause at the bottom, knowing that money is just energy. Yeah. And it works like every other energetic cycle in the universe. You are going to ex- you're going to inhale. Inhale. Again. You, you are going to. to receive again. It's the law of the universe. I love it so I'm much. I'm tapping the table really loudly. I hope it's not disrupting the recording. I'm I so sorry. I think it's really important for <laughs> emphasis. I'm with you. Thank you. So that's basically the manifestation equation. Of course, I go into detail in my book, Make It Happen in Bookstores Around Australia, New Zealand, the UK, and online for everyone else. Shout the fuck um, out. And Germany. Holly, as a party, my dear Mm. friend, also teaches about manifestation and has the most amazing course with the most incredible guest judge, I was going to say, guest judge, (laughs) guest speaker. (laughs) True that, John. Tell us about it, Holly. (laughs) So some of you may know, some of you may not know, I run a program. It's an online program called Manifestation and Magic. And what's really fucking cool is before George and I came into each other's lives and I was teaching manifestation, I was teaching the manifestation equation without knowing it was the manifestation equation. So the program that I run is a 12-week program and each week we dive into one specific area of manifestation practices. It's a real deep dive, like 12 weeks, fucking long time, right? But Three months. It's, Three fucking months and we go deep. So each week we do a call as a group on one of the the practices around manifesting. So we do an entire week, for instance, on taking action. We do an entire week on journaling, on the tools for manifesting. We explore everything. Plus we have some very special guest coaches, the headlining guest coach, none other than Jordana Levine, <laughs> best-selling author of Make It Happen. <laughs> so Jordan is one of our guest coaches for the program alongside 
a lot of actually familiar faces that I mentioned or we mentioned on the podcast. So Blake Roll Thompson comes on board, Genoa Van Keekham talks about meditation. We've got Nikki Ayres, Emily Gallagher, some really, really cool people that include their area of expertise in the context of manifestation. Now, I actually haven't announced this anywhere yet. I am doing it this week though, that this intake is going to be the last intake that I do for manifestation and magic. Just like we were talking about with the ebbs and flows, I have new things I'm ready to birth. And so it actually makes me a little bit emotional, but it's time to, once this intake is up, let this go. So we kick off in about two weeks, mid-August, and I am doing a final call. I've already got 11 beautiful people on board uh, who are ready to dive in, but I've got some spaces left. So if you're feeling called to do a deep dive into all things manifestation and magic, I would absolutely fucking love to have you as the final intake. Uh, Just shoot me an email to hello at hollyasaparty.com or check out my Instagram stories this week because there'll be info up there as to how to enroll yourself as well. What if I emailed hey at hollyasaparty.com? Would it go through? I think it may bounce, (laughs) but maybe you've actually inspired me. I need to just get that domain (laughs) happening. Quick smile. (laughs) Or sup at (laughs) hollyasaparty.com. So good. Um, all right. Well, this is fun. It's so good to have you back in the country. Um, yeah, it just feels different and better and nicer. I like it. I know. Things are just going to move quicker, I feel, now that we're both in the same country together. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel it too. So we just hired a beautiful editor to edit the show, which is so wonderful for me. <laughs> it's amazing. Guys, you don't know how much work George has been doing on this. She's been editing the sound, the video when we were doing our short-lived YouTube stint. Like <laughs> all of the Instagram content, it's all George. So this outsourcing is just one. It's also an exhale, isn't it? This is an exhale. <sighs> yeah. Before a huge inhale, which is really fucking exciting. Absolutely. Mon, we love having you on board. We're kind of like a radio show that shouts out to their producers. Like, (laughs) I feel like we're apology now. (laughs) So good. All right, love. Well, so good to chat. And we will be back on Wednesday with August's Energy Read, which is so fun. And we will use cards. Don't worry. Holly hasn't thrown them all out. No, I'm (laughs) definitely still on board. It's still in alignment for the purposes of this podcast. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 